Welcome to Grace Bible Fellowship Sermon Archive. Our prayer is that you will be abundantly blessed as you listen to this sermon delivered by Pastor Paul Francisco. Join us as we are pointed to the grace found in Jesus Christ alone, as recorded in God's holy word. Today, this morning, we're in uh, Psalm 67, and I entitled this message, May God's Face Shine Upon Us, and I take that directly from the text. But before we go into the word, um, let me share a few things with you. The word blessed. Blessed. We need to be careful how we use this word blessing or blessed. Many use this word in social media today. We see the words, I'm so blessed, hashtag blessed. In conversations, we have many conversations with our fellow friends and family, and we often hear the association of blessing with health, wealth, and prosperity. I got this gift from God. I'm blessed. I have this wonderful family. I'm blessed. I have uh, been very healthy this year. I'm blessed. We, beloved, are blessed by God if we are a regenerate believer in Christ. But do we just merely associate it with material health, wealth, and prosperity? Think about this for a moment in health. Christians who may have COVID-19 or suffering from cancer, are they not blessed? Wealth. So does this mean that Christians who are living in poverty are not blessed? What about prosperity? Are women who desire children and are barren not blessed? Are persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ bound in chains or even having their heads chopped off for their profession of faith, are they not blessed? You see, beloved, in the Old Testament, we do see the primary mark of those who are following God with blessings of material health, wealth, and prosperity as a way of distinguishing them different from the nations. But when Christ came, we see in the New Testament the primary mark of Christians Christians is suffering today. See, I want to propose to you this morning as we look at this text in particular that this blessing is Christ. And we have been blessed to be a blessing. To give you some context here, this psalm is a song and prayer of God's grace and blessing. That God's face would shine upon us. The psalmist worships and prays God's blessings for the nations. So that all the peoples will worship Him. So this morning, as God's face shines upon us, let me give you three reasons or three things for the blessing. First, the reason for God's blessing is in verse 1 and 2. 
the purpose of God's blessing in verses 3 and 4 and the fruit of God's blessing through verses 5 through 7. So we see for the reason of God's blessing here in the text, it says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way be made known on earth, your saving power among the nations. One of the ways that God alters the course of our lives is that when we hear a portion of Scripture, it takes root and starts to grow, and it doesn't wither. It hangs on. It revives again and again. It survives from season to season. It does something to us. We can't shake it. It holds us. It changes things. We can't fully explain it, but it becomes a call of God on our lives. May the Lord make this such a text for you this morning. This psalm begins with a petition and pronouncement, a prayer and song asking God's grace and blessing. This is the same word given by God in Numbers 6, 22 through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. The psalmist knows his scriptures and quotes these same words. Words given to Moses to bless Aaron. A blessing to pass on to God's chosen people. Israel was receiving the blessing, so that they would be a blessing, a light to the nations. When considering salvation, all we should think of about is grace. 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 God's grace. We know God's grace is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We have been saved by grace through faith, not of our own doing, but it is a gift from God. What do you think about when you hear this phrase, may God's face shine upon us? Does this mean that God is pleased with us? Or does it mean that God is pleased to make us a light for himself? I think it is the latter, beloved. Nothing we can do apart from Christ is pleasing to the Lord. All our deeds are but filthy rags apart from Christ. We have received God's grace. Then His face is shining upon us for His good pleasure, for His glory, and for our joy. So the psalmist reminds Israel, and it is a reminder for us today, the connection between being blessed and being a blessing to the nations means 
that the psalmist is rooting his prayer in Genesis 12, 2-3. God promises to Abram, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I like John Piper's explanation of this. So God's plan was that all the peoples of the world would be blessed. To that end, he chose the people of Israel to bear his revelation and his blessing. And he made a covenant with them that they would be blessed. And in that way, bring that blessing to all the peoples of the world. And God fulfilled his covenant decisively when Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham, fulfilled all righteousness and died for sin and rose again so that anyone who believes on him from any people on earth will become a child of Abraham and inherit the blessing of Abraham and so be blessed by the blessing of Israel. So the Abrahamic covenant is being fulfilled every time someone trusts in Christ. The prayer is really meant to be as a realization of the covenant with Abraham and as an expression of how that covenant would be fulfilled in us through Jesus Christ. You see, saints, this blessing is rooted in God's covenant with Abraham and Israel. We are the reality of God's promises being fulfilled in Christ. Jesus. Think about that for a moment. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has brought about the seed of Abraham. Jesus Christ, who has extended God's covenantal blessing to us. Everyone, including all peoples from the most pagan nations, have received the blessing. God's face is shining upon us now because of this blessing. Christ is our blessing. This is the same petition that David gave in Psalm 4-6 when he says, there are many who will say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. And just as Abraham and Israel were to be a light to the nations, now we are to walk in the light and point all peoples to the light. We have been blessed to be a blessing. This is how God intends to use us. You want to know God's mission strategy? God's greatest mission strategy is us. That should humble us. We get the privilege of taking part in the greatest story of glory through all times, the plan before the foundations of the world to demonstrate the glory of God. This is God's way of making known to all the world that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. God intends to use you, beloved. 
God intends to use us to make his name famous. And this is the reason for God's blessing. Then we see secondly in the text the purpose of God's blessing. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. In John Piper's book, Let the Nations Be Glad, he says, missions exist because true worship does not. Missions exist because true worship does not. <coughs> we were all born with the desire to worship. But the problem is that our worship often is of false gods of this world. In order to truly worship the Lord, we must be saved. But what must we be saved from? What has Jesus's, Jesus saved us from besides the fires of hell? Just like my brother Charlie was explaining to us through the way of the master when he points to sin and the law, in one word, we are saved from our sin. But sin is a multi-headed dragon that attacked and subdued us. From every conceivable direction, we must deeply know the nature of our sin. It's not until we see the depths of our sin, beloved, that we are able to see God's grace. During our time in the book of Titus, we learned a little something about our old self. Paul called us to remember what our sin does. If you guys remember this, Paul noted six things that, our, that the sin of our old self does. Some of you reminded me of this this past week. Our sin deceives. Our sin disobeys. Our sin dictates. Our sin detests. Our sin desires. Our sin destroys. You see, the only thing we offer to God in salvation is our sin. You see, it is our sin that prevents us from true worship. Having the proper disposition towards God. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 tells us that we were spiritually dead. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you were once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of air, the spirit that is now in, at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So in our sin, in our old self, it is impossible to truly worship God. Yet, this is God's plan for all peoples. First, through God's chosen people, Israel, and then by extension, through those of us in Christ. 
The psalmist declares, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. So the Lord desires true worship from all peoples. And in fact, He promises the realization of it. This is what Revelations 7, 9-12 through 12, 12 reveals to us. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm trees, branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to God forever and ever. Amen. What a glorious thought. No more division. No more racism. No more disunity. Instead, we come together and celebrate to worship God as one race and in unity with the Holy Spirit. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Until then, and while we still live in this fallen world, there are still many people who do not praise God. Approximately 7.8 billion people live in this world. 7.8 billion. And only 1.1 billion people who claim to even know the name of Jesus. And God only knows how many are truly His. Here are some sobering statistics. One-third of the world's individuals live within groups that have no viable church. 95% of all foreign mission boards target only reached peoples. Only 2% of all foreign missionaries work where there, there is no, where no church exists. And only approximately... 10% of the Protestant are a Protestant foreign missionaries. So that means there's a whole lot of uh, non-believing missionaries out there trying to convert people. 70% of practicing Christians in the world are unaware of the needs of the unreached. 70%. You know, in our church, that means about five of you probably know what's going on in the world other than what you see on the news of Christians being decapitated by radical Muslims. Or perhaps some of you read the voice of the martyrs and hear of our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Even in that, 
it seems so foreign and so far away from us. This should not sit well with us, beloved. That means out of 7.8 billion people, that over 6 billion people are passing from here in this world into eternity in hell apart from knowing Jesus Christ. That should break our heart. And God intends for you, beloved, God's people, to be sharing the good news of the gospel. But we know that God is just in his salvation. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. But we also know that God will fulfill his promise to bring in the multitude. So when we see our children, we need to preach the gospel. When we see our neighbors, we need to preach the gospel. When we come to church, we need to preach the gospel. Oh, how God desires men and women to share the good news of the gospel, especially from our pulpits. Don't be deceived, saints. Many who claim the name Jesus, they do not know him. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. This means that many who darken the doors of the church who are deceived, thinking they are secure in Christ because their parents are Christians or because their grandparents took them to church or because they said the magic bullet prayer as my brother proclaimed in his testimony earlier. Or they do the good Christian things like tithe or because they are on the, mem the rolls of our membership. Therefore, we are called to go. Go and make disciples. We are to be the hands and feet of Christ in our love towards others. Preach the good news to all peoples. And not just from the confines of our home and comfortable lives here in America. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet that preach the good news. This is precisely why we have been blessed. And God's face shines upon us when we follow in obedience to fulfill the purpose of his blessing. John Piper says it this way, according to Psalm 67, God's purpose is to be known and praised 
and enjoyed and feared among all the peoples of the earth. This is why he created the world, why he chose Israel, why Christ died, and why missions exist. Missions exist because the knowledge of God, the praise of God, the enjoyment of God, and the fear of God do not exist amongst the nations. The psalmist is praying in accordance with God's will. This is what it means to speak in the Spirit. We don't just see the purpose of man in this prayer, but the purpose of God's blessing. God aims to be made known as the one and only true living God, a just God, a God of power, sovereignly working His power for His glory and our joy that he is known as a gracious God. So I ask these questions. Do you know Christ this morning? Does he know your name? Do you realize your position in Christ as blessing? Do you have a song in your heart today in light of salvation? Do you praise God and worship in spirit and in truth? Let that be the prayer of our heart this morning, beloved that we would know Christ, that he would know our name, that we realize we are positionally blessed in Christ, that his face is shining upon us, and that it brings an overwhelming shout of our heart of joy, unspeakable, a song that we can't get out of our heads and our minds. Do you praise God and worship him this morning? Let this be the fruit of God's blessing. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And because God is being known, let the peoples praise him. Let all the peoples praise him. And from the beginning and the ending of this psalm, there is a connection between the people of God being blessed by God so that the nations will be blessed by us. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face shine upon us that your way may be known in on earth. But notice the end of this psalm here. The connection repeated lets us know it is harvest time. And the blessing is on the people of God. The earth has yielded its increase. There is a great harvest to be gathered. Our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. And the amazing thing is that between the beginning blessing and the closing blessing in this psalm, the entire focus is not on material blessings for the world, but the spiritual ones. 
That is God himself. This means that at least God gives his people material wealth for the sake of the world's spiritual worship. That is, he blesses his church with riches for the sake of reaching the nations. He gives a bountiful wheat for harvest for the sake of a bountiful world harvest. He gives us more money than we need so that we can meet the world's greatest need, the need to know God through Jesus Christ. Our God is a blessing, is the sovereign giver of all things. The one who blesses us, giver of all things, the sovereign creator of all things. In Genesis 1, 31, he created everything and he looked out and saw all that he created and he said, behold, it is good, very good. He has given us life. He breathed life into man. He sustains us. He has revealed himself to us through his word. He is the one who makes us blessed through Christ. God is the source of all blessing. We are blessed because of Christ. This ought to humble us. We are blessed to the praise of his glorious grace bringing us to a place of humility. And we are blessed because we have Christ. Not due to our material health, wealth, and prosperity in this world. Our blessing in Christ is manifested into spiritual blessings. We are blessed to be a blessing as God's face shines upon us in salvation. We are to be a light to the nations so that God is worshipped. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you through salvation. Let us bear the fruit of God's blessing. This is why the news that resounds through the world from the cross of Jesus is is called the gospel. It is the good news. It is the news of God's grace. Paul said that with the coming of Christ into the world, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. And when he summed up his life and ministry, he said it was all about the gospel of grace. I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of grace. In summary, God's great purpose in this world is to be known and praised and enjoyed and feared. And the truth about himself, he wants to be known and praised and enjoyed and feared is he is the only one and true living God the Father of Jesus Christ. He wants that to be made known. He is the infinitely just and holy in all His ways, settling all accounts justly, either on the cross for believers or in hell for those who reject His truth. He wants it to be made known that He is sovereign over all affairs of men and women and nations and over the saving mission of the church through all authoritative risen Christ. He wants us to make that known. 
And He is the God of boundless grace to all who come to Him through Jesus Christ. How do we respond to this reality of truth? Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let us worship Him and tell others about Christ so that they will worship Him as well. We ought to say we are thankful. Our blessing demonstrates God's love for us, and this can never be taken from us if you are in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? What does this look like in our lives, in our daily walk with the Lord? In light of COVID-19, this ought to make us ever so thankful for the church in these times. Thankful for the body of Christ's Bible fellowship. We ought to learn to yearn for being with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are blessed in Christ and for His church, His bride that He laid down His life for. And when the circumstances of life gets us down, we need to remember that we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. This means we love others with the gospel. We desire the true worship of God. And we need to remember our position in Christ. We are blessed. And when we're experiencing the grace of God in our lives through tangible health, wealth, and prosperity benefits, we need to remember we are not blessed because of these things, but because we are in Christ. And I think one of the most important applications we can have in light of this truth is to be missionaries or to be holding out the rope for missionaries. The heart of the missionary message to the nations is God will save you from your sin and guilt and condemnation by grace through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. We go with a message of grace, not a message of condemnation. We need to be willing to submit to the Lord's command and go. Or we need to be willing to sacrificially give and pray for missions. You see, Christian, saints, we have been blessed to be a blessing. Yes, we are spiritually blessed in Christ, but the Lord has something specifically to say to us. I have blessed you, he says, beyond your wildest dreams of any people in history. I have blessed you with unprecedented and overwhelming, overflowing wealth here in America. This is not a curse. It is a blessing. But it will become a curse to you if you do not use it for what He has designed it for. For this we have been blessed. This is our mission. This is our joy. No matter what it costs. I'm not going to call you right now down to walk the altar with some music and play on your emotions. 
but I am going to pray that it would not sit well with your soul if you have not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. That you would want and desire so desperately this blessing of knowing Christ. And then for you, my saints, my beloved in Christ, if you've been disobedient up until this point in your life, not thinking of others more than yourselves, not willing to be sacrificial in your giving, in your going, disobedient and unsensitive to the Holy Spirit to share the gospel of grace with your children, with your next-door neighbor, with your co-workers, with your fellow students, five miles down the road across that border right there, if you've been disobedient, I would pray God would stir in your heart today that you do not harden your heart, that you would not only recognize the blessing that you have in Christ, that, but also that you would obey and you'd be willing to take this gospel of grace to wherever he would call you to go or that you would be holding the rope so that someone else may do it in your place. Grace is unmerited, Christian, and you did not earn it. It is a gift from God, but you were blessed to be a blessing. Seek His grace to be a blessing in Christ Jesus to the nations. And friends, maybe this seems like foolishness to you because you have never experienced the grace of God in this way. The fruit of God's redeeming love is repentance and belief. Turn to Christ and believe. Taste and see that he is good. Ask God to experience this grace today so that you might have the blessed hope. And as we close our time today, I have two small texts from Psalm 46 and Matthew 28 that I'd read to you in God's word. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then Matthew 28, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Praise the Lord that His Word is sufficient for our every need. Join us next time as we continue our study of God's infallible Word. We would also love to have you join us in person at Grace Bible Fellowship. We meet together each Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9.50 a.m. for Connection Sunday School and from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our worship service. We're located at 1385 Northwestern Drive on the west side of El Paso, along with our hosting sister church, Mission de Gracia. If you have any questions, you can dial 915-308-1208 or visit our website at www.gracebibleelpaso.org. We would love to see you this Sunday as GBF gathers to proclaim Christ, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ.